Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by MyBookie. If you enjoy betting on sports, whether it is football, basketball, the NBA playoffs are going on, American football, hockey, baseball, whatever your sport is, whatever you enjoy watching, you can go to MyBookie.com and use promo code Roma Press, and MyBookie will match your first deposit up to $1,000. Again, MyBookie.com and use promo code ROMAPRESS to get your first deposit matched by MyBookie up to $1,000. Also, thank you to three of our newest patrons over at Patreon. John Lamorte, who you can find on Twitter, at Johnny Fishalot. Wonderful handle. Again, at J-O-H-N-N-Y-F-I-S-H-A-L-O-T. And then John Velasquez, who you can find on Twitter, at Giovivo. Two two so at G I O V I V O two two and then Jonathan Kennedy who you can find his group on Facebook and that's called IS Roma USA so facebook.com slash A S Roma USA so thank you all for your support if you want to get early access to the podcast you can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press all right Andy I don't even know where to begin with this because we are recording this literally just a few minutes after it was learned that Roma will be officially handed a 3-0 to loss against Verona because of, because of what is essentially a clerical error. For those of you who may have missed it, Amadou Diawara, he was accidentally included in the under-22 list of Roma's officially submitted roster. Diawara turned 23 in July. So because he was fielded in the match at the weekend, Roma, instead of earning a point against Verona, they now lose 3-0. to zero. Andy, I, w- I wanted to start off with, I don't know, transfers, maybe a little bit on the, um, the, the match against Verona, but all of that now is pretty much thrown out the window with this. This really only seems like something that could happen at Roma, no? Well, you know, this is what you get for being incompetent. Um, we have had many signs of incompetencies over the years, and you know what? Um, if if this is what, how do you say that in English? Something that breaks the yes, camel's the, back. This, this is the straw it. that broke the yeah. camel's back. Yes, exactly, exactly. If this is it, if this if this may potentially lead to uh, people uh, in different positions being replaced by more competent professionals um then i'm i'm all for it um after all we played a game that uh, you know we we dominated one half and and the other half it's better yeah, not to talk about you're that not kidding. um it's it, it's not a big it's not a big loss in terms of individual game because again if had we played like a team that really deserved to win then i might have been upset but uh, after all one the game was horrible and uh, and two um this is a, a, a sign of total incompetency this is a very simple mistake um a very basic one and it cost us and you know what i hope that uh, there are some consequences to it on the managerial level um and and i just wanted to use this um, because before i we get into any more of that i just wanted to get something off my chest because it's been it's been sitting on me since yesterday when i basically uh, saw this barrage of of news and headlines 
um, tying Roma to to different coaching options and and about a crisis and about Jeco not being on board with Fonseca and um and then i saw this again this is and this is nothing against austini who is a friend of ours and whose work i admire and and it, it's his job to report these news um my problem is that when i see a headline one game into the new season that says that we are roma considering the likes of ragnik sarri and allegri to me, that is a sign that there is something wrong internally with Roma. Somebody is talking, and uh, and I'm really tired of seeing that. I'm tired of seeing Fonseca um, being treated so horribly after one game into the new season. Um, in a new season that was labeled a year of transition, a year of, of second chances, this was the year of, of uh, Fonseca maybe finding his groove, maybe building something with this team. And all of a sudden, it seems like all those words, all those headlines, uh, all those news of of the team being enthusiastic of Fonseca um, are nowhere to be found. Uh, It's pretty evident by now that there is somebody inside Roma that um, has a problem with Fonseca. And, uh, uh, you know, I I just think that it's it's insulting to Fonseca and it's insulting to Roma um, to be hearing all this unnecessary uh, 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 rumors and 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 just sometimes plain plain garbage because a, a lot of stuff that I've seen yesterday um, was was really based on nothing and most of the time it was just an attempt to uh, uh, get their names on an article i've seen i've seen stuff uh, written about you know players being against fonseca and and um and yeah just a, a deeply deeply saddening uh, portrayal of the realities inside roma which i believe are not extremely positive Ex- exactly you see this episode of incompetency and an episode that cost us <laughs> one point uh and then helps verona get three points ahead of us but it's there is something in in this club that is is some somebody is is not working for for the good of the club that is pretty evident by now for me i i guess the biggest takeaway from this is i i would love to i would love to be sort of a a, a invisible person to fly on the wall in the office of of ryan or dan friedkin at trigoria right now because i can right. only yep. imagine what they are thinking because just having followed this story, the Jekyll stuff, the Milik stuff, it is astonishing to me that only one match day has passed because it feels like we should be at the 25th because that's how much all of these storylines have sort of weighed, I think, on everybody, not just not just you and I, because this is this seems like a clown show. Now, in relation to this this mistake made in the team sheet there has already been one casualty Longo who is the 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 general secretary at the club he very very close friend of Gianluca Petracchi he came from Torino with Petracchi but he remained despite Petracchi's exit from the club he has already handed in his resignation because he is the one who oversees Uh, this is his field to oversee so the mistake lies on him whether or not it was him personally who made the mistake I I don't think we will find that out. Obviously, there are some suspects as to who it was, but in the end, 
you can't have multiple people making this oversight because I, I have a hard time believing that nobody else saw this list before it was submitted to the Liga. But freaking they traveled with the team to Veneto. They were at the Bentecoli to watch the match. So obviously that's a good thing to have, have a, a president at the stadium watching the team. And I think it was, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but was it Il Romanista who said that that was the first time a president traveled to an away match for Roma with the team? Right. Uh, the last time was 2011, I believe they said, with Di Benedetto. Yep, Benedetto. Yes. So I don't know whether to laugh or cry at that. That's uh, astonishing. But I think, obviously, this is an absolute clown show. The, this this singular mistake, it's a joke. It's It's something that you would expect from amateurs. And I think what we're going to see now are some heads roll. So there's been rumors Baldissoni's on his way out. Longo, he's already submitted his resignation. I think now perhaps this might be the catalyst to to speed things up, perhaps, where we see a lot of changes internally happen. Baldissoni, he was going to leave within the next couple of weeks anyway. But this is, I mean, this is inexcusable, Andy. I, here I thought we would be talking about transfers. Now we're talking about a, 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 a clerical error that cost Roma a point. Now, in the end, is it how, how crucial is this point? I, you know, we don't know. At the end of the season, are we really going to be lamenting one point? No, but I think this is more so of an image problem. This is more eye-opening than anything, just to show you that right. sort of just how deep some of the rot runs at the club. And it's really up to Friedkin to fix this. And I, I don't know where they start. I don't know where they begin because it seems like when, when things like this happen, it just screams incompetence right. about your club. So I don't know where they begin. Yeah. I mean, what what is the solution? I, I mean, <laughs> I see I, – I have people telling me today that, oh, my God, freaking they're worse than Palotta because of this. I mean, c- come on. Really? Please get the fuck out of here. I don't know. What, what do they do, though? Because it just seems <laughs> like the list of things that need to be done at the club, not even from a right. – uh, you know, we're not even talking about on the pitch, right? We're, we're, we're talking off. On the pitch is almost like a completely different discussion. But that yeah. also needs work. So yeah. I, to me, it just seems like it's very overwhelming to consider all of the changes that have to be made. Is that how you feel, too? Yeah, well, it's. Uh, I, I was trying to sort of uh, imagine what it must feel like to be in Ryan or, or Dan Friedkin's shoes right now. I mean, within a span of, what, not even a week, um, you went from meeting the likes of uh, Fazio and Juan Jesus in a, in a locker room. That already is demotivating, um, downright depressing. Uh, then you you took a plane and you flew out to uh, sit in the Bentegodi, um, which resembled oh the potato gosh, field. Oh my that's punishment in and of played. itself. That place. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you go from the Cowboys Arena to the Bentegodi. Um, something is is clearly <laughs> I was, wrong. I, that was <laughs> literally my first thought when we got the the video of Ryan going to Chapino to go on the plane. I can only imagine when he stepped into the Bentagoli because we are, I mean, I, I have complained about it enough on here, but you know, I can yes. only imagine like he's sitting in that, the area where the media sits, where the presidents generally sit. 
I, I would love to have seen his face like when he enters the, the restroom or something and he and he sees plumbing from 1934 with rubble on the ground because that is truly one of the worst stadiums that exists in all of Italy. And I say that without hesitation as someone who has a flat literally an hour and a half away from the Bentagori. For Ryan to get his introduction to Italian football... By going to the Stadio Bentagori, I can only imagine. I can only imagine what was going through his head. Yeah, the janitor cooking up <laughs> some heroin in the in the toilet. Yeah, yeah that's I, that's for sure. It's <laughs> it, 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 it that must have. I mean, imagine that. And then you come back. Your team plays like shit. You you witness your first uh, uh, so-called soccer game, um, and uh, it's it ends in uh, nil nil. Uh, you play against a team that has uh, a list of names that you would probably uh, recognize in a in a in a village yeah. in Kosovo, um, and and you look at this, and then you come back, and this whole story of uh, a player not being listed correctly costs you another point. You lose the game three to nothing, um, and it's. I think that was, you know, if <laughs> it's better, better now than, sure. than later on, you know. I mean, uh, now they they sort of got the taste of what this club is really like. And I know we've been on here and we've talked about Palotta elevating this club from a provincial team to something, a club that is recognized that the name uh, Ice Roma. It means something. Um, there, there are still signs of, of of major incompetency running through the club. There is, you know, there, there, there is, there are major uh, question marks and uh, people working for this club that nobody really knows what they're doing, and people that work for this club for many, many years, and you don't really know if their work really contributed to anything significant. Uh, you have this figure, mysterious figure of Fienga, who rises from the ashes and first is labeled as the CEO, but then starts to basically be, he's he becomes the yes. image of the club. He instead of Baldissoni or or Monchi, uh, he's the or Petraki even he's the one talking on press conferences. He's the one welcoming players. He's the one who goes to um, when Roma uh, have have uh, something of legal nature. Um, he's the one who represents Roma. It's and and suddenly this guy goes from being you know oh this guy this guy must be competent this guy is a is a professional uh, this guy maybe they like him to okay so what is the input of this guy and and that's what really worries me is that we we were here last week talking about a club that all of a sudden went for Kumbula club that seemed to be determined to go for Smalling, uh, a club that had planned the sale of Under with an obligation and, and Dzeko uh, for a much younger striker. And, and, and fast forward to today, that this time, uh, and it's Tuesday, and we uh, look at a totally different Roma. That's that's what really bugs me is that we're looking now at a Roma that is being labeled incompetent, a Roma that is being lazy on on the transfer market, slow with the decisions. Now all of a sudden, it seemed like oh, you know what? Having no sporting director is actually a good idea. Now having no sporting director I was is a bad idea. Perfectly. And, 
perfectly there's put. so much yeah there is there it, yeah yeah it's there is a lack of balance john that has always been here in this club i think it it, it applies to the internally it applies to the media and it applies to the fans and that's that what really bugs me and if if this can lead to a lesson learned by the Friedkins as this new ownership, then I really hope this was the moment that did it. Yeah. So I wanted to get into that because I, I think all of these somehow, at least to a, a certain degree, they interconnect. So you brought up the no sporting director thing. We we had a bit of a joke with this about how Busardo, Jufrida, they're the ones who have been handling all of the negotiations. And we, we were pretty excited a week ago, as you just alluded to. You know, it's like, oh, do we even need a sporting director now? Um, the right. answer is yes. <laughs> yes, you need a sporting director. Because I think a lot of the sins and a lot of the mistakes that are being made right now are in are almost directly related to that. Now, the, th- the thing is that for all of the, the players that Roma have landed this uh, during this window, it's been the same two guys handling the, nego- the negotiations. Fienga has done nothing. He's basically been giving them leeway to do whatever they want. They'll sign off Roma. They'll sign off on the final agreement and whatnot. But this is um, what a particular summer this is because it just seems like now it's abundantly clear that there is just a lack of professionalism. And I think above all from the first month that they've been here i really hope that the freakins this is the thing that as you just said i hope that's sort of like the lesson they learned because it, it really does seem like roma needs uh, i don't want to over exaggerate and say like blow things up but it really does seem right. like they need to remove a majority of the people who are working on the back in the behind the scenes in the in the at the club and just almost rebuild everything because this is this is incredible and then We've got um, we've got Sky Sport over the last two days. They've been saying Jeko, he never wanted to leave Roma. He was never pushing oh, yeah. for there a you sale. Go. Another come thing on, that bugs me. On. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. false. Let, let, let's just again. This is all intertwined. These all all of these pieces they connect somehow. And please stop with that. Jeko was pushing for a sale. Okay, I, I understand that since it fell through. Now it's up to him, his agent Silvano Martina to clean things up, I guess you would say, make nice, because now there's there's no other option. Dzeko is not going to go abroad. I've already spoken to to his agent about that. He's not going to go to Atletico Madrid. Not going to happen. It was either Juve or nothing. So the thing is, he was pushing for the sale, okay? And I know Roma are going to come out too, and they're going to say, oh, we never wanted to sell him, right? Didn't we have two weeks ago Fienga right. saying... He's yep. going to stay it, as long as he wants. As he wants, yes. As he wants, yes. Give me a break because this is now the third time or the fourth time that Roma have tried to third. sell Jack. A third, right. The first time was yep. to Chelsea in January of 2018. We had last summer to Inter. Then obviously we have this time with Juve. So I understand from the uh, from the from the media standpoint what Jekko and his agents and people around him are going to do. I, I, I get that. But for Sky Sport, th- this really drove me crazy. For them to go on and say, oh my gosh, he's ready to become the captain again. He's ready to start anew. I have no doubts right. that Jekyll is ready to to say, you know what? Move fell through. That's okay. Um, I'm ready to be professional and I'm ready to give everything for Roma. I'm not doubting that at all. There's uh, he, he seems like um, a professional enough individual that he is willing to put his disappointment of not joining Juve 
uh, sort of in the back burner. I have no doubts into that regard. But for for all of these sort of bigger outlets to try to be selling this narrative that, oh, he yep. never pushed for a sale. Uh, he was always happy to remain at Roma. He, he, you know, he gets on fine with Fonseca. Come on, unequivocally not the case. Jekyll wanted to leave. His agent thought it would be done on Saturday. They were pushing for him to leave. And they really thought that it was going to happen. If you talk to Milik's people on Saturday, they, they, they thought 100% after that match between Roma and Verona, they thought Milik was going to land the next day on Sunday. They thought there were going to be no issues. So everything blows up yesterday. And now we find ourselves in the position that we're in. You have a Jekyll who, you know, again, I think he's a professional, but you're going to have a guy who is admittedly, at least to a certain extent, disappointed because he doesn't get his move to Juve. You have Milik who's going to remain at Napoli. They might lose him for free because the Roma is the only concrete offer that they have for him. Meanwhile, Juve, they turn to Alvaro Morata. They buy him from Atletico Madrid because they're tired of waiting on, on Napoli to give the okay to Roma. This thing is just mind-blowingly ridiculous at how poorly Roma have handled this. And there's a lot of, I guess there's a lot of different areas at which we could discuss Mm -hmm. this entire thing. But I think it all just goes back to this, above all, this shows you how badly Roma, they need competent individuals in there. And I hope, above all, that is what Friedkin is working on. So this whole Jekyll Milik thing, where I mean, where do you come out on it? Because to me, this just seems, this just seems like everybody loses here. Yeah, everybody does. Everybody. Uh, Juve can pretend all they want that uh, Morata is the desired striker. I could give a rat's ass about what Paratic says. Uh, people trying to paint him as this great mastermind who, uh, you know, made made fools out of Roma and Napoli by all of a sudden plunging and and throwing himself at the equally talented and brilliant striker in Morata, um, who probably hasn't had a career highlight in like three years. Uh, And and what really, again, it, it bugs me that there are these narratives that we keep coming back to and and it's it's all over the place and it all change it changes all the time. So first I have to hear that you know, I hear that Fonseca says Jeco will be part of the game, right? I mean, he's he said that he Jeco at the La Partita. He said it. He he believed that he has Jeco at his disposal. I'm glad you're bringing this up because right? I, as much as I like Fonseca, there's a couple of things we've got to get to that he said, and then I, the relationship between he and Jeco. I I know that again. Jekyll's people are trying to 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 let everybody know. Oh, he's got no problems with Fonseca. I can tell you that he does. But but keep going because I'm I'm glad you brought this up. Well, yeah, and and it and it's and then we find ourselves playing this game against Verona. Jekyll is on the bench. Um, he's sitting in his socks. Uh, he he looks like uh, myself in front of the TV rather than <laughs> being an actual player. Um, and then, you know, we, we have these reports. Oh, you know, if if Jeko is called upon, if Fonseca wants Jeko to play, he, you know, he's ready to go. He, you know, he's not going to back off. And the truth is that Redo, uh, Jeko had a car waiting for him outside the stadium. Yeah, to take him yeah. To Martina told me there is no chance. They had already requested to Fonseca <laughs> and to Roma, you are not to play Jeko. Juve, as you just said, Andy, they had a car waiting for him outside of the Bentagori. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, how, you know, how how ridiculous does this all sound? And then, 
you know, the the, the match ends and it's uh, Fonseca makes a lot of mistakes uh, with the substitutions and he waits way too long. The Some of the performers really do do Roma a disservice by playing rather than not playing. And there is a lot of talk about that. Okay. But the, the problem is that then you, you change the whole narrative. All of a sudden, uh, it turns out that Jeko refused, you know, to be called up and uh, refused to, to be, take part in the technical reunion. And he refused to play and that's okay. But all true. Um, I'm, all true. And, and then, and then, and then again, Oh, Jeko, he's happy to stay. He's happy to stay. He never thought of leaving. He never push, pushed for leaving. Um, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of getting the, these mixed messages um, that benefit only individuals, but they don't benefit the, the, the main protagonist, which is Roma. Um, I, th- this is what really bugs me, is that this is a major uh, fuck-up in terms of communication on the part of Roma. Why is Fonseca saying that Jekyll will play when he knows he's not going to play? Why is he saying that if the higher powers are telling him, do not play him? And why is the club not doing anything then to protect Fonseca um, the day later when there are all these headlines of Fonseca being in the spotlight, Fonseca really being uh, looked at as a, as a not very good coach, as the last resort, um, I saw even today an article that mentioned the name of Mazzari. Um, I this is and this is you know it, Italy newspapers in Italy 2020. Um, they they mentioned Mazzari. I'm really tired of this. Is this this is what what the problem is that we had a game to play, and we could talk about the game, but I think the buzz around this game is, says a lot more than the game itself. Perfectly put. You know the the actual match is probably the third or fourth subject at this moment regarding Roma. It's it's almost as if it didn't happen. So it, it's absolutely ridiculous. And another thing that I want to get to that Fonseca said that I can tell you also made people quite annoyed, quite angry. Did you catch what he said about Smalling? He said, I've been talking to him consistently. We want right. him here. We should have an update within a few days. And then after the after the match, he spoke again. He, 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 exactly. he talked about Smalling again. I don't know what is going on here because there is clearly some sort of disjointment in the communication lines at Roma. Yes, they're in talks with Manchester United, but they're getting closer. But this nothing is imminent. So for him to go out there, uh, I could tell you that the club was quite annoyed. There were intermediaries, agents, very, very, very annoyed that Fonseca did that. So do you think this is simply just freaking they need time to get their people in place? Or do you think this is a problem with the manager? There's a problem with the players because, again, Fonseca does have a problem with Jekyll. Jekyll does have a problem with Fonseca. Talking to to Jekyll's agent Martina, there's there's virtually no other option. He's going to remain at Roma, so he pretty much told me that they're mm-hmm. you know they'll, they'll work on it, they'll resolve it. There's you know yeah, the, they're, they're professionals. We'll get past it. I, to me, this just seems like such a. I I know we try, and you and I especially, we don't like the <laughs> the overreactions or hot takes, and we we try to keep fairly level headed. I would say most of the time. But I, I still think this is uh, this is an issue. No, I mean this is a problem. 
It is an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, uh, for people who like movie references, there's another one in Network by Sidney Lumet, one of the greatest directors to come out of New York. Um, he directed Network, and and uh, which is a satire about the the world of of TV news and media in general. And there is this news anchorman um, played by Peter Finch, who has a mental breakdown, and he starts screaming in front of the TV. As the TV is rolling, as the news report is rolling, I'm mad as hell and I can't take this anymore. And basically the whole of New York City starts to do the same screaming. I'm mad as hell. I can't take this anymore. And I feel exactly like this as a Roma fan, as a guy who comes on here, has the pleasure to come on here and then has to talk about this um, because I am mad as hell and I really can't take any more of this nonsense because there are Jeko has a problem, Fonseca has a problem with Jeko, Jeko has a problem with Fonseca, people internally have a problem with Fonseca. I'd, I'd, it seems like the most important thing about this gets lost. And the, the thing that matters most is the success yes. of Roma. And here we are talking about the success of Jeko. Will he get paid? Will he go to the, the team that will allow him to finally win? Then we talk about Fonseca. Fonseca, can he succeed? Can he turn this team into a winning team? Can he do this? Can he do that? And it, it seems like everybody forgets that what we are here for is Roma. And and these two, if the, they have differences, set them apart and work to get better throughout the season. Instead, we are talking like the season has ended. I mean, really, I'm 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 reading headlines, I'm listening to the news. And the picture that is being painted is that the season is over and basically this is the the aftermath of the season. Meanwhile, the season has just started. You have a whole campaign to be played and we are already giving up. The tension inside the club that supposedly arise from nothing. I mean, I, I understand that there was tension following the Sevilla game. But that tension was so... It's, that game, I don't think anybody really remembers that game. It was shit. It was a shitty game. But I don't see many people talking about that. It was like everybody forgot that we, we, we played the shit game and we dropped out of the Europa League at a critical state, but stage. But at the same time, after the Friedkins came over, we forgot about that. And now it's the whole, the whole narrative is the season has ended and this is what what we have on our hands we have a situation of fonseca uh, clashing with jeco we have a, a situation of 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 jeco clashing with roma wanting out we have a, a situation of fonseca not being the preferred candidate as a coach we have roma looking already at all these different names that we know are uh, 90% impossible to reach um and and all of a sudden it, it's like we're playing against Juve in a few days, and it's a, it's a cru- it's a crucial game, and and that just fades into the background for all this unnecessary noise. And it's time and time again it happens over and over, and that's that's what I'm tired of, John. Is that we are not talking about football anymore? We're talking about you know oh is 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 Jeko really not a guy who likes Fonseca is Fonseca a nice guy is Fonseca this is Fonseca that instead we're not talking fo- about Fonseca's Roma coach we're not talking about Jeko being now the striker for Roma for this season 
um, which he is and he's going to be for this whole campaign, which is going to last a good while. And it's not going to end tomorrow. We have a whole season to play. Um, we Yes, we lost some points. We lost some points. We played a shitty game, but we can do better. And instead, the whole all of the attention of everyone, Roma included, is is pointed at different things. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the perfect way to put it. It it it's just the sentiment that everybody feels right now. It just seems so negative, and it's like I said at the beginning. It's been one match day, and it feels like everything has been lost after like just barely two weeks of you know the Freakins arriving, them attending their first match, the transfer window opening. I, I understand that it's difficult to stay positive. Do, do you think some of it, though, just to end here, has to do with maybe people not wanting to be patient anymore? Because the 17th of August, that is when the Freakins officially become the new owners. Okay, so it, it's been essentially just barely over one month. And again, I understand that the the, the time of Palato, the tenure of Palato, it, it created a lot of impatient impatient people and i understand that a, a group of supporters who they were ready for new ownership and they wanted that new ownership to come and just help the club take off do you think a lot of it has to do with the freakins having to arrive and everyone wanting some sort of success right away i think that plays some part because i i can understand to a certain extent that you have new owners and you expect them to make their mark right away um, I can, you know, you and I could come on here and say, oh, we got to be patient. We got to be patient. But understandably, I, I can understand why people are maybe tired of being patient. Yes. But at the same time, I, I really don't see what what the fans or what the people have to say about this um, in terms of uh, I can understand there is frustration, but I don't see how this frustration can can affect what's going on inside Roma. Um this is again this is this is day one and i can understand fans being all over the place with their emotions but we are seeing 50 shades of i don't know what with inside roma um they, again it's it, it seems like it's no man's land it's like uh, there are explosions going off there is there is peace and quiet there is there is uh, strictly business, and then there is just nonsense, and um, that—that's what I'm referring to. I'm—I can understand that people are impatient. I can understand that they want success, but it's been one month and five days. I—I um, I don't see what Roma could have done to uh, to win a trophy within that span, um, because there haven't been any trophies to be played for. I can understand there was frustration for the match against Verona because again it's the same old same old you you underestimate an opponent you you players are tired after a mere 60 minutes not even um you have these substitutions that are really meaningless players get injured or they have cramps it's always the same story but at the same time i'm looking at at a club that is really not focused on what on what matters and if i'm roma and if i'm jeko okay the he's not going to juve that's it that that chapter is closed we're not talking about this anymore 
I don't want to hear about differences with Fonseca. I don't want to hear from 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 his agent. I want I don't want to hear from Jeko about you know n- not going to play for to win. Uh, I want I want the attention of the player of the club to be at winning the next game because we have a game to win, and it wouldn't be nice to be at zero points after two days. Oh. Nothing more I can add. You, I, I could tell by your tweets the last couple of days. You were, <laughs> this was, this, this felt like a therapy session for it you. It was no, personal. I know. You, were, you were angry. I could tell by the way you've been tweeting the last couple of days. Um, <laughs> I know it's difficult at this moment to come on here <laughs> and be positive. But listen, I, I do think there is a lot to be excited about. I, and probably by this episode, it's difficult to tell what, <laughs> what that actually is. But... You have Ryan Freakin, okay? He will be there against Juve. You are going to have, uh, not long after the match against Juve, Roma, they have a, uh, the shareholders meeting where you will have uh, the official positions handed to the Freakin group. You will have the new board members approved. So, again... Again, Baldisso- Baldissoni is supposed to leave soon. And, that, and yes. Longo left. W- w- who is next? That's, the, that's also an interesting part. It, it is interesting, and I do think we're going to see more changes, and I do think they need to come relatively quick. Now, I do think one mistake that Friedkin made is they wanted to wait until after the transfer window to find their sporting director. <sighs> In hindsight, probably a mistake. I don't know if you agree with that, but I think even if you hired somebody on a temporary basis, everybody thinks it's DeSanctis right now. It's not DeSanctis. He, he, he has his license, but he's not doing the bulk of the negotiations. He's basically finding these youngsters. I'm sure if you've been following Roma's, uh, mm-hmm. like their official website, they've, they've signed quite a few younger players from, you know, Romania, which, I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but that's what DeSanctis is doing. He is not negotiating for Smalling. He is not involved with this with this deal for Milik, or I should say wasn't involved with this deal for Milik. So I think in hindsight, even if you did something where you appoint, like they used to do with Masada, where you appoint a guy on a temporary basis, I, I think they needed to do something. So in hindsight, probably a mistake. I think it was a mistake to hand finger the keys to the car so early. But again, they've been here just over a month. They're going to make mistakes. They are also going to make some very necessary changes. So I think those will be coming soon. Again, after the match against Juve a couple days later, I believe it's either the, I believe it's the 29th when you have the, uh, you have the shareholders meeting. So there's reason, or actually I think it might be the 27th. There's reasons to be excited. And I don't know about you, Andy, but the the performance wasn't great against Verona, but seeing Friedkin there was very very encouraging, don't you think? I, I mean, I, it just felt different. It refreshing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it there because this was like the 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 time to get all of our anger out. I again, I knew you were you were just waiting to let loose some of this. <laughs> I could tell, I could tell yes. you needed this, but that's okay. All right, so we'll be back later in the week to preview the match against Juve, hopefully in a much much livelier mood. So. As always, everyone, thank you so, so much for listening. And until we talk to you next time, bye-bye. Ciao.